Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake BJ Shea is on assignment. Probably playing board games. I mean, that's what he does. And running the boards is Joey Dees. Hey. And since Joey Dees is here, we're going to talk some Magic the Gathering. Hooray. Woo. Yes, we're also going to talk, well, I'm going to talk about my impressions, no spoilers, about Godzilla versus Kong. We're going to get really sad about the cancellation of a show. Or maybe mad. Probably mad. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. No one's mad about that. Vicky, maybe. how can people get a hold of us? <laughs> <laughs> get a hold of us via our website, bjgeekdation.com. Dot com. Get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search for BJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes. Actually, not radio.com anymore. No, no. We are now a part of Odd. Odyssey. 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 A- Spell with an A. U-D-A-C-Y. If you did have the Radio.com app. It, it automatically switched. It switched, so uh, you probably know how to listen to us anyway. You got tons of different ways to get us with your all your different podcatchers. Um, but yeah, no longer Radio.com. It's, it's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Yep, and uh, you can take a shot every time I mess that up. Yep, yep, because it'll happen, and yeah. uh, we're fine with that. So prepare to be drunk. Yeah! <laughs> well, when are we not? Uh, I do need to talk about, well, we're going to talk about a very sad day because I think it was a week ago last Friday, we were discussing the season three finale of American Gods Mm -hmm. and uh, Joe. Hi. You, I don't know if we've uh, recorded since then. No, I stepped out of the room. That's right. We made you step out. And since then you have watched the last two episodes. I have. Uh, How'd you feel about that? They were bad. Oh, so why did you think they were bad? Why? <laughs> they did okay. the they did the Game of Thrones thing, man. They were like, "All right, the, the whole story is about a fight, but now we're not going to fight." End well, of season. They kind of fought. I mean, there was a sort of fight. There I mean, was there was there was this, there was a spear that went through Odin, and then Odin died, and then you know, in order for um, for Shadow Moon to save his dad, he had to go to uh, the Tree of Life, the biggest tree, the World Tree, and then go in through his entire you know trial and tribulation, which turns out just to be a god playing tricks on people uh, and his own son because he needed his own son to martyr himself so he could uh, reach his full t- potential of power. Yeah, which apparently that's how you gain power. All the other gods don't do it that well, way. Actually, <laughs> actually, Joe, if you paid attention to this season. Every god, by their little intro scenes, were powered by sacrifice. So whenever a god came and gave a boon to someone, it was because of a sacrifice. Yeah, but it's they the, didn't it, have to die. For them. <laughs> they <laughs> didn't to have to die. Yeah, that's my problem but with the it. Reason, well, and the reason why <laughs> he did that was because he needed his son to die, and he knew that as soon as he did that, he'd be fine, I feel. I yeah. mean, if we're switching over to different uh, worlds, I mean, definitely Ego in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was trying to do that. Yeah, see? He was trying to sacrifice <laughs> his son. Oh, I don't mind that part of I know, it. I'm I mind the part balls. of freaking Odin being like... Well, the only way for this to make logical sense is if I die first. Yeah, okay, sure, why not? Well, and it's like, and Joe, how do you know the whims and the follies of the gods? Like, and that's the whole thing with this show. Okay, first and foremost, this show has been a bananas. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I'm, and even Vicky, I maybe even said it last week when we talked about it, that it was just like, I don't know if this show is terrible. 
and we're just along for the ride or if it actually is really good. It kind of reminds me when I watched the show Powers, not to be confused with Power. Oh, yeah. And like the first season, I'm like, I can't tell. Second season was hot garbage. I'm very mad that I watched that. <laughs> See, I, I mentioned that but, exact thing at the beginning of the season. I was like, yeah. I like this show. But I can tell you, I think it's probably bad. You know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, and you know and what? The, yeah. It definitely felt like a fast run at the end. It's like, oh, yeah, we were doing all these things. Oh, crap. The end's here. Let's do it. And the one thing that I said, I was like, this show better not get effing canceled because I need some resolution. <laughs> yes. Well, hmm. this is where some people may be sad and some people may be mad. Stars has officially canceled mm. American Gods after three seasons. <laughs> three seasons of. Of behind the scenes turmoils with the original showrunners leaving and then including Kristen Chenoweth and also Gillian Anderson leaving the show because the showrunners weren't there anymore. Second season had uh, some issues, new showrunners uh, and even people like Orlando Jones stepping up into more of a directorial writer mm-hmm. producer role as well as being with Mr. Nancy and then all hell breaks loose after the end of season two where Mr. Nancy will not be coming back. Orlando Jones is essentially fired. He loses his mind and then even uh, Mr. Whittle, the guy who plays uh, Shadow Moon, mm-hmm. there was apparently like a bunch of texts between him and Orlando Jones talking about how because Orlando Jones pulled out the um, kind of pulled the race card when it came mm-hmm. down to it, and then uh, even uh, I think it was Ricky Whittle. He said that it wasn't. It's like don't pull the race card, dude. It's just incompetence, which doesn't really make it any better. I mean, obviously, like, when you're dealing with race relations, it's not good no matter what. But even for him just to be like, well, it wasn't racism, it was still them just being idiots, doesn't make you feel better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't blame them again. Like, I enjoyed the season despite knowing towards the end that they weren't it, going to have the war. It is pretty. They're yeah. really good at making it look pretty because it doesn't look like anything else on TV right now. Exactly. And that's the one thing. Like, the transitions are beautiful. The visuals are just... And maybe that's why I'm just, like, willing to, like, accept whatever the story was. But, uh, like, even in the, the themes of it, they've been telegraphing the whole thing the whole time. So once I got to the ending, I'm like... All right, that's acceptable for the end of a season finale where you're going to be continuing the show. But the fact that it could potentially just end right here, oh, is infuriating. Can we do what Sense8 did and just have like a little like movie type thing, like a two-hour thing? Funny that you should mention that because another show that kind of did the same thing with me and it kind of broke my heart, uh, even though I got into it late, was Deadwood. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had a couple of seasons (laughs) and it kind of... Doesn't it have Ian McShane, too? Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> he might be the curse thing on that one. Um, but it ends kind of on a uh, not an uplifting note. Like, there's no real good resolution because they intended to come back. They didn't come back, and then it took a decade later for them to actually be able to make another movie. Now, American Gods, uh, with this, they say the producers are exploring options to continue the story. Shortly after the cancellation, Neil Gaiman, who wrote the novel that inspired the series and also served as an executive producer on, this, on the show, took to Twitter to confirm that the show isn't, quote, dead yet. Now, uh, the show's production company contributed it as just thoughts, stating uh, that they're committed to completing an epic journey that is American Gods, one of TV's most inclusive series with the the most amazing fans across the globe. But they also added, uh, with Neil Gaiman and his fantastic cast and crew, we are exploring all options to continue to tell this magnificent story. They are saying, and they're hoping to uh, potentially get a movie to wrap everything up. 
I would like that as well. Um, because, uh, I, like, I know some people, uh, when I took to Twitter about this, because I was very um, sad about it, and some people were like, well, you could finish the book and you could get that resolution, but the show does diverge from the book. Like, mm-hmm. source material, they're going in different places. Some characters don't ha- or have more of an expanded story or less, depending on, you know, how the show goes. Yeah, and I had a quick question. This might be... Be a spoiler, but I don't really know. All right. Uh, they kind of go into Shadow Moon's character and Laura's character being bi- bound together. Yeah. Like, somehow, and we, we don't get any resolution on that, right? There's oh. no... There hasn't been anything really, no. Yeah. And I think you were out of the room for this part, and I, or I think I said it last time. Uh, I really, really hope that if they are to continue this, like whether it's, hey, Amazon Prime, buy this just for one more season, please, yeah, right. or something like that, or if they have like a two-hour thing... I really hope it doesn't necessarily go into a romantic thing mm-hmm. because in at least like and this is my personal philosophy, like the idea of soulmates or soul people, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody that you are bound to romantically. It just means somebody that you are connected to yeah. for whatever reason. Absolutely. Like it's just a huge connection that you cannot have possibly have with anybody else ever. And I think you even brought it up uh, like the week and a half ago when we talked about this with the movie Hancock. Yes. Charlize Theron's character yes. and his character, Will Smith's character. They're, 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 in a sense, soulmates. Like, they are bound together, but they cannot be together because they they lose their powers. They're weak when they're together, so they have to be apart. And so I love that they were soulmates, but they weren't together. I really hope it comes down to something like that with uh, Laura and Shadow Moon. Because, because I would hate if they, uh, like, we're going to live happily ever after. I'm going to lose my crap. I agree. Not so much that they shouldn't have a happily ever after, but not together. Yeah. I thought that... In episodes 8 and 9, which is why I didn't say anything, or 9 and 10 at the Mm -hmm. end, I thought what was going to happen was that the war was going to happen in the afterlife because the idea is that the gods can only fight each other after they're dead in the real world. Because we we saw them fight. uh, We saw, uh, uh, what was it, Um, Tyr and Odin actually fight, like old men fighting in their armor, which is hilarious. Yeah, and it was weird because they were killing off a lot of gods or they were leading them down the line to dying at least. And then I'm like, oh, man, if Shadow Moon sacrifices himself there, then Laura has to realize she has to die to go fight the war with him kind of thing. would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And it was just over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. And it was like the whole thing I was like I, I once uh I didn't expect uh Odin to get gacked at the end of episode 9. So I was like, "Oh damn, what are they doing with that?" But then to see that the whole turn of Mr. World and what and who Mr. World is, like he isn't what he seems. Um and the trapping of like uh, uh Technology Boy was really kind of it was super interesting because now you realize that like, who is Mr. World working for? And are we ever going to find out? Oh, man. Like, it's... that's the, the frustrating part is, like, now there are so many loose ends. And I, oddly enough, that that storyline between Mr. World and Technology Boy and the rest of that, you know, group is actually way better than Odin's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because yeah. it really plays more to the world that we live in now as mm-hmm. opposed to the one that they're trying to tell where you're kind of like, I don't care about Shadow Moon and Laura. Laura's died a thousand times. She's gone through purgatory or something, and, and she's still useless. I'm <laughs> thinking that the whole, like, dead leprechaun thing, like, I feel like that, like, I don't know if, like, that happened in the book or not. Like, with, I'm totally blank out, and Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, he... I feel like that might have been him not wanting to come back. And I felt like they spent way too much time. They needed to, but they spent a lot of time like for her mourning him and admitting that she loved him. Because, I mean, it would have been awkward if she moved on real quick because you can tell there was something there. But I'm just, 
uh, that just felt like it took forever. Yeah. And that was the one thing that, I mean, like, uh, we had so many casting changes. Like, everything behind the scenes, and even the third season had some pretty low ratings, even though it kind of, it was uh, uh, available through the stars on Amazon Prime as well. So if you have that connected, you can still get it via Amazon Prime. Uh, it still had bad ratings. So that was the reason why it didn't mm-hmm. get reviewed also dealing with all the behind the scenes shenanigans when it comes down to not good ratings and shenanigans they're just gonna get rid of it i'll tell you this though and i said it i think i said after season two or maybe the beginning of season three this is the show that i want hbo to take and redo because the story is really good Mm -hmm. it's just unfortunate to all like you said all those things made it go down a path where you hard to follow actors changed the storyline got rushed but man HBO has a way of doing things with like one or two <laughs> solid seasons. Ooh, I'd want it. Yeah. I just, I, it sucks because some of the actors are phenomenal. Like, I actually loved uh, Pablo Shri- Schreiber, something like that. He's. Oh, uh, he played. Uh, Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, I want him again. Like, I would definitely, I love uh, Whittle. I'm, is it Ricky Whittle? Ricky Whittle, yeah. I mean, Ian McShane. Like, I love a lot of these actors, and I would love to see him again. I would actually love to see uh, media again, Gillian Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Like, her her media was great. You know what? I even like new media, even though they got rid of her for, I mean, she was there for season two, and season three was gone, just mixed uh, with the faceless peeps. Uh, they were, what was it, trending, viral, meme, and I forget. There yeah, been another yeah. One. Like, Vicky would be our meme. Oh, yeah. There I mean. <laughs> Vicky wins. <laughs> Rev, you can be Mr. World. Okay, cool. Sweet. I like that. Um, but yeah, so uh, we don't know what's going to happen yet. Um, and I can't, you know, I can't recommend people watching it right now. Like, you no. can't, like, like, yeah, go and just get the three seasons of Blue Balls. No. Like, <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Like, it's beautiful and it's fun. And if you need something to watch while you're inebriated, watch, what well, was the baby sensory videos because those are great. Yeah, this oh, season ended on a those. cliffhanger. <laughs> like, it was a literal cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The most cliff of the most hangers so yeah, they're like an impending doom is on the way and then it yeah. ends and you're like what if you want a good succinct story that gets right to the point and has a lot of fun what I could recommend to you would be Godzilla vs. Kong no. really yes now here's the deal it's not going to be a huge uh, overly involved storyline when it comes down to uh, two giant monsters beating the crap out of each other. It's what you get. Now, I have not watched the most recent um, Godzilla movie, uh, nor have I watched the most recent Kong movie, which tie into this monsterverse. Apparently, it's a whole big thing. Okay. So I just went into um, Godzilla vs. Kong because it uh, came out last Wednesday for uh, on HBO Max, also in theaters too. So if you can experience it in theaters uh, and you feel safe doing so, um, I will say right now I recommend doing that. Uh, I watched it at home, and I have a nice television. I've got a nice sound bar, a nice room to do all this, nice full sound. And it still isn't as cool as it would be on a gigantic screen with that booming sound in the theater. This movie is bombastic. It's beautiful. It's colorful. Um, The final fights in Hong Kong. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently Hong Kong is just giant neon, like purples (laughs) and golds and all sorts of things. Maybe that's not real, but that's what I choose it to be at this point in time for my reality. I like this fantasy, dude. Uh, it's so cool, and there are um, there there are actors in it, human actors. Um, the kid who played uh, not Pyro, but he had some different name uh, in Deadpool Two. 
the 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 fat kid that goes to jail with uh, Deadpool and uh, mm-hmm. is doing oh yes, that. I forgot yeah. about him. He uh, he is in this is he's in this. And if you've never seen, I think it's Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay, uh, it's a New Zealand movie done by Taika Waititi, uh, the director who has done Thor: Love and Thunder. Well, we'll be doing that, and also Thor: Ragnarok. Um, but it's kind of a coming of age story. It's very sweet. It's got him in it as well. Um, so he's a really good actor. He's in it. Uh, you don't necessarily get to flex your acting muscles when it comes down to a movie like this. Um, but he was super entertaining. Millie Bobby Brown is in this as well from Stranger Things. She's fun because she plays she plays kind of like a kid who is super into conspiracy theories. And so that's how they get her into this because her and another guy who are just total conspiracy nuts are going on to try to help um, deal with the menace that, uh, well, Godzilla's running around and he's attacking things, which is very confusing to everybody because in the last movie, he was the savior and he was mm-hmm. defending uh, the Earth against all the other monsters. So they're like, well, why is he doing this? So they're trying to employ Kong to uh, get back to his homeland in uh, the Hollow Earth. Now, if you don't know anything about the Hollow Earth conspiracy, this is a real thing, Joe. People believe that the Earth essentially is hollow. So Hmm. after like six or so miles, because nobody has dug deeper than six feet into the Earth. And so after after six feet or not six feet, sorry, six miles. That's a little more. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot more. That's a a whole big difference on that one. Sorry. Um, So, yeah. So uh, after six miles, it opens up into either a series of caverns or just a giant, uh, a giant land where primal beasts uh, occur and like live. And this is kind of where all of uh, essentially the MonsterVerse creatures, I'll call them kaiju for uh, lack of a better term when it comes down to it. But the Godzillas, the Mothras, the Gadiras or whatever, the Gamoras, all of those different creatures, Kong, etc., all come from the hollow Earth. So the non-water part, which is a majority of Earth. Yes. That's where they're hiding. Well, it's inside. It's it's inside it's really the earth it's inside like the it's earth. like the creamy nougat center instead of a core there all we have is a, basically a new primal land think of like Monsters land of the, yeah Got think it. of like land of the lost or anything along those lines so what they're trying to do is they're trying to find the source of ultimate power inside the hollow earth um, so hopefully kong can uh, maybe protect uh, the earth against a godzilla that's tromping around so you get into that. All right, there's the flimsy story that connect all the humans together. And then what you get the rest of it is Godzilla and Kong beating the crap out of each other. Huh. And twists and turns happen, and you have some fun. But, I mean, it's just a big, stupid movie that lets you just experience a bunch of monsters beating the hell out of each other, <laughs> literally laying waste to cities. Like, not even, like, like trying to, like, pretend that it's, like, Hong Kong gets destroyed. And for a PG-13 movie, they're not showing a lot of death and stuff like that, obviously. But when it comes down to it and you see, like, people looking in a building and then suddenly you see a giant monster destroy that building, you're like, oh, wow, those people are dead. Like, there's a lot of that sort of thing where it's like, don't think too hard about it because, like, the ramifications of, like, the economic collapse and the loss of life, these monsters fighting kind of really kind of takes away from monsters fighting. I just want to watch Kong throw a couple haymakers on Godzilla's face. Oh, you will get that. You'll get a lot of that. You'll get a lot of Godzilla and his uh, radioactive dragon breath. Uh, a couple of surprises as you're going along with that. Kong gets uh, he gets busy, man. Not not 
Not that way. No, no, no. I mean, uh, he, <laughs> there, there, there's good action. We'll just say there's good action. I'll just say, Monsters Playground, you probably mount a couple Kongs or Godzillas, and they got to procreate <laughs> at some point. Yeah, no, they don't get into all that. No, they did get busy in another way, though. Hmm. Do you want to know how much they made opening day? Yeah. One dollar. <laughs> exactly. Uh, $9.6 million Ooh. opening day. That's not huge. Well, it's a Wednesday. Theaters are kind of iffy on that. It's a Wednesday, and it's been the best box office since the pandemic. <laughs> okay, then yeah. That's the problem now. It's, it's like oh. I'm so used to like hearing $100 million openings, forgetting that it's been a year since most of the theaters have been open. And then right? even like, like... And it's a Wednesday. And it's a blockbuster at this point. This is kind of the start mm. of the blockbuster season when it comes down to it. Um, you can still watch it on HBO Max. You can watch it at home for the next month. I think it ends on April 30th. Uh, so uh, watch it if you want to there. If you have a chance to safely do so, I do recommend going to check it out in the theater because I'm going to do that next eventually. Now, Joe. Hi. You and I need to talk a little bit. We're not going to go super deep into this because it seems like every week there's a new Magic the Gathering set. That's correct. But by the way, there's a new Magic the Gathering set. Oh. Now, this is called Strixhaven. And it is the School of Mages. Okay. Uh, yeah, so essentially, I don't want to call it Harry Potter, but it's kind of like Harry Potter, like Hogwarts. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, and it's very interesting because they've done some things where, first off, Strixhaven is just like in terms of a Hogwarts, they're going to have their houses. So they've got a bunch of different uh, colleges of Strixhaven. Um, it looks like there's uh, each one is founded by a powerful elder dragon, which uh, all these uh, elder dragons are new. Which are, but they're still super cool. Yeah, think of the way that Harry Potter introduced the different houses across the world because it was always Hogwarts, and oh, then they introduced a bunch of other ones. Good call. Yeah, Ex- that's a better way to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. These are all other dragons that you haven't heard of before, but had formed houses already in the Magic Multiverse. Yeah, and so the first one, uh, the first one is the Lorehold, which is uh, red and white mana, uh, founded by the great red dragon Velomachus Lorehold. Uh, according to Doug Bay. Uh, principal game desire wizards uh, it's made just study something called archaeomancy uh, they basically uh, bring the past to life literally bringing back historical figures and embodying them with haunted historical monuments Ooh. that's cool and spooky um, Prismari which uses the red and blue mana represents Strixhaven's art students oh I guess that kind of mm-hmm. makes sense like uh, a little bit of the, the learning and then the inspiration of red uh, this college focuses on using el- elementalism fire, ice, lightning, and stone to give its students their power. Now, we've mentioned two of those colleges right now, but it's kind of fun because uh, in the uh, in the lore of it, all first-year students start off by just trying to learn kind of what mana is. And they represent this in the game by having colorless spells. Like, all man- not colorless spells, I should say generic spells, because all of these spells can be cast using any generic mana. And there needs to be kind of a, uh, uh, you need to make a, a difference to that, because if they were done by colorless, you could only spend colorless mana to cast them. But now with these, and that's like with the Eldrazi and stuff of uh, days, uh, days past, but with generic mana, you can use literally any mana to cast these. 
and they're kind of less powerful powerful spells. Yeah, that's kind of the theme of this set is it's it's simplistic, simplistic but there's complexity to it, which is weird, right? Because it's kind of counterintuitive in a weird way. But what it is is if you've never played Magic, this is the set that you should play because it'll introduce you to what I think are the best themes of Magic, which is hybrid mana. Oh, we, yeah. Where you can spend either or, right? It's a little bit easier to spend. Like red or red or white if it's a red-white hybrid. It's got a bunch of multicolor cards, so you're going to get that cool theme of what do these colors do in conjunction with each other, and they're enemy colors. Exactly. That's a big point, too. So, like, black and green are one. There's red and blue, uh, red and white, like we said. Um, even with uh, uh, which one is the... Uh, Quandrix. Uh, Tanzanir Quandrix is the blue and green, which a lot of people would remember from, like, Simic, which would be experimentations and stuff. But Quandrix here is a dragon ex- obsessed with numerical and geometric symmetries, and it teaches the students that math itself can be a source of power. I like Ooh, that one. I like power. Yeah. Um, Silver Quill is a strange one, a college focused on eloquence. Its students draw from black and white mana to cast their spells. And they have little mascots called Inklings, which are little floaty, uh, little. Oh, I mean, they're ink. They're like little ink floaty spirit thingies. Yeah, <laughs> Living the, ink is what they're made out of. The themes are awesome. Like they, I, I think that this, of in terms of where magic has been and kind of including different uh, uh, IPs and stuff in it and to where it is with this one particular set that really encompasses an entire different world that would I don't think you would normally see, which is weird because it yeah. is a wizard world, right? But they've kind of gone outside the normal means of, of creating this uh, new feeling of playing magic that doesn't, I don't think normally would happen, which is the idea that you just get thrown into a world, right? Mm-hmm. And it is in the magic world, but it's kind of like you said, Harry Potter, where they, yeah. essentially you're a new student, you're going to school at a college, the colors are, are different, but really, you know, while they're enemy colors in magic, they're more just natural colors in this world. And it just like, like as I continue to read this, because the silver quill, quill are there to use powers of words from poetry to insults, like that sort of thing is super cool. And obviously Hasbro has both, uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast has both uh, Dungeons and Dragons and also Magic the Gathering. But this, like they've done with Ravnica, seems a perfect entry place for another like D&D module or yep. another source book. Because like beyond that, we've got the silver quill like I talked about and then finally, the Wither uh, Witherblom, which or the Wither Bloom, sorry, uh, is the black and green, which we talked about the enemy colors. Uh, <laughs> Vicky, they mm. represent Strixhaven's goth witchy biology majors. Yeah. So you know, if you're a goth bio major, it kind of reminds me of uh, NCIS. Uh, the 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 girl who would stay back at the lab that wore all the goth <laughs> yes. stuff like that like it's kind of like all of those different things so it's really really cool when it comes down to that like super immersive I don't know if this was like a top down design like where they had decided what they wanted to do like in Estrada we want to do a horror theme let's go with that and then figure it out as we go along or if it was more along lines of a traditional oh we're gonna do this but we're gonna have some fun with it. Um, but we're not going to necessarily go with a full theme. This seems like just full flavor to start off with. Yeah, exactly. That's a better way of saying my uh, jumbled words. But essentially, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like they made this set for the Magic Universe. They seem like they came up with this universe and then combined it with their magic intentionally to make a kind of different feeling game, which I think is really smart because one of the things that I first saw is the acceptance letter artifact that, that's in the yeah. set. Which, you know, it's a very plain magic card, right? Three mana, adds any color mana, can be sacrificed to draw a card, costs generic mana. 
But like that is in essence what I want to as a new player see, right? It kind of gets the whole idea of what magic is going to be in the set, right? Oh, I'm a wizard. I just got accepted into this cool world, this awesome school, and now I can add any color mana. I can draw an additional card to see more stuff in my deck, and I get to play it and with any kind of things that I, any lands that I put in my deck. Exactly, and it's that, awesome. And, and it's interesting too because just seeing all of that is. It's fun because it, it, it immerses you, um, but if you're not necessarily a big uh, story person, a lot of times the people are just the gamers or they're the collectors or they want to get the coolest things. They've uh, gone out there and they have the Mystical Archive, which you may remember they've done stuff like time-shifted cards in the ba- in the past where it's cards from the way, way past that uh, they're bringing into uh, the, the, newer, the newer realms in terms of like formats for uh, tournaments and such and just kind of reprinting cards that have been staples and stuff like Commander with amazing cool arts. They did the artifact inventions for uh, 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 the, the, the artifact set. Yes, there's so many sets out there. Um, but they got cards like Swords to Plowshares, which is uh, a staple uh, for the last, what, almost 30 years of magic. Um, beautiful, beautiful art. The arts are amazing. Wizards has figured out their printing process to a T. I mean, they're, everyone is different. There are a bunch of different styles of them, but really... The thing that gets me is there are three different packs you can buy for this set. Wait, three? Yeah, one is a drafting set, like for built for drafting. Oh, that's a good idea. Right? The second one includes one of those promo cards that's always you know in one of the packs, and then one of them is a same kind of pack promo pack that includes a foil. Every time you open it. Ooh, and obviously different levels of pricing. With yes, that. exactly. <laughs> but, but it's everything you want, though. I love that idea that you can choose what you want to open yeah. and how much you want to spend. Because, you know, it's a game. It's a collectible game. Exactly. And that's the collectible part. Some people just collect as opposed to play the game. And so you want it to be available for everyone to have that chance. And I still, it's a collectible card game, so they're going to want you to buy packs to collect them all. And if you're a competitive player and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be one of those casual sets, I've looked at a lot of the cards, and almost the whole thing's been spoiled as of this airing, mm-hmm. but the, there is going to be an insane amount of complexity in the limited format because of the new mechanic they introduced, which is Learn. Learn allows you to go get a card out of your sideboard if it has the uh, subtype Lesson on it. Oh, is that why they have lessons? Yeah. So you, any oh. card that says "learn" after it, yeah, you have to you look through a card outside the game that you drafted that has lessons subtype, and you can put it in your hand. Oh, that's what? really solid. And I can't even begin to tell you how incredible that is for a draft format when you have to decide where the balance is in pick order for cards that are le- have learn on them and cards that are actual lessons. And that, I mean, just in the certain terms of a lot of the times you'll be wanting to run like silver bullets. Um, and something like that makes it way more interesting, especially we've talked previously about the best of one series that they have out there. Um, if you're playing a best of one and you can't go to your sideboard because it's only one game, having that available during your sideboard is a good call. Exactly. And if you see what the legendary lesson happens to be, it's pretty awesome. It's called Mascot Exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did talk about the Inklings were the mascots for the Silver Quirrell, basically living ink. Yeah, and so for seven mana, you it's a mythic rare. You get to create a 2-1 Inkling, a 3-2 Spirit, and a 4-4 Red Elemental. Okay, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's that's a lot of power. I mean, seven mana is pretty expensive, but also if you can put that in your sideboard, exactly, you don't have to worry about it gumming up your hand, and you can go get it should you need it, should you be available to cast it. Yeah, and if you have three, four, five learn cards in your deck, you're essentially going to be able to get that mythic rare almost every time you play. Yeah, whenever you want to do it. 
Uh, Strixhaven School of Mages does release on MTG Arena and Magic Online on April 15th. And it looks like the tabletop releases will be April 23rd, so a little bit of time for that. And also a note, uh, MTG Arena just made it to iOS. So if you've got yourself a, a an Apple phone, uh, you might have uh, no more spare time in your life. Exactly. <laughs> and to note, for those of you who don't know about the paper product as much as you know about the uh, online product, if you want to buy the paper product, I highly suggest doing it ahead of time and researching what packs you want to buy because... I've heard every collective co- collectible card game product, paper product, has been flying off the shelves, whether it be Magic or Pokemon, Pokemon or anything. Pokemon has had a huge resurgence. Yeah, Isn't so. it the 25-year anniversary or something? No. It, yes. Something, yes. It is, Vicky. You're old. So, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the crew. <laughs> so make sure you get out there and do it and pre-order it and go to your local game store because they'll probably have it. Absolutely, yeah. Support local game stores. Uh, and uh, now it is time for us to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? Uh, got some movie news. Ooh. This is a movie that I have still not seen, and I really want to see it because I hear really good reviews. Have either of you seen Knives Out? Uh, no. Yes, it is a fantastic movie. It's got, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is uh, Benny Blanc, I believe. Mm-hmm. I know there is yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris yeah. Evans, Don Johnson, Tony Collette. Yeah, so many really amazing actors in this movie, and it is hands down fantastic. It's one of those things I've never really cared about those movies like Murder on the Orient Express or the Agatha Christie sort of things, mm-hmm. but it's an homage to those, and it actually made me want to go back and watch those movies. It came out during the holidays, but it's not actually a holiday movie, right? No, it's not a holiday movie. It's centered around the uh, the the murder, uh, or at least the death of a family patriarch, um, which everyone assumes is murder. And then it's the whodunit. It's like Clue, but I mean, obviously a movie. I mean, well, Clue's a movie too, but it's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that uh, you liked it because we're not only going to get a Knives Out two, we're getting a Knives Out three. Ooh, it's already been confirmed because really? Netflix bought the rights to do it. So wow. they're going to be doing both. And this is done by the director who did uh, The Last Jedi, which was the second of the new trilogies. Ryan um, Johnson. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's just Ryan. It's spelled weird, but it's Ryan. Um, and it like it's just, it's good. It's good. It's funny. It's quick. And it's a whodunit to the very end. You're trying to figure out what happens. And then once you find out what happens, there's still more movie because I got to, you know, get to the resolution. It's really good. Well, Variety is reporting that Netflix has closed a deal to release Knives Out 2 and 3, and they paid $450 million for it for wow. both. Wow. Now, that's interesting because obviously they're hoping for subscriptions, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times... Even Netflix themselves don't like to do multiple seasons of things, and I would imagine that because it's a sequel, it wouldn't really necessarily bring in the subscribers, but maybe it will. I mean, it, it wasn't. It didn't do well in the box office, according to this article, but it was one of those, I think it's going to be a cult classic. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if their plan is to do a cliffhanger at the end of the second movie to bring you in for the third movie. Oh, just I like mean, we're talking with uh, Star Wars, you're going to have the Empire Strikes Back as the middle one? Yep. That'll be interesting. You can't You can't cliffhanger murder mysteries. Or can you? Oh, dear Joe. Mm, I don't you're like pissing this. me off now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of filming, though, uh, if you guys didn't see the Facebook post a uh, couple a uh, couple days ago, I posted uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series started filming. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, they've been filming. I think it uh, was announced a week ago today, actually, that it's gonna begin filming like in April. So now 
Now. 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 Uh, I'm very excited. They did say, I think the actor, I'm blanking on his name, something best. Uh, uh, Jar- Ahmed Jar- Best, yeah. Ahmed Best uh, is not going to be, as far as he knows as of now, not going to be uh, Jar Jar Binks anytime soon. Which I'm fine with. I mean, here's the deal. Like, I, I get Jar Jar's supposed to be the 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 comedic, cute, let's buy toys of him. Let- He's not even that cute, especially after we got, like, your Baby Yodas and your BB-8s and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. Like, you got to be much cuter than that. And that all came after, okay? Yeah, Jar Jar yeah. was the original. Jar Jar was 99. He was like your babysitter. Your dumb, clunky yeah. babysitter. <laughs> uh, accident prone. Yep. Um, I know a lot of people like like to uh, theorize that maybe he was a hidden Sith. Um, actually, my, my wife has one of the best things about Jar Jar. Like, her fan theory, her, mm-hmm. her whole thing with this is that Jar Jar is a basically he's a force of nature. So think of him like a Godzilla or a King Kong. It's just surrounded by the force. He's there to cause chaos that will push things forward in the good direction. So he is light side because he means well. He's just an absolute idiot. And the only way that he can get anything done is by literally falling through everything and like screwing it up to the good ending. I like that. Yeah, and that's like, and I was like, well, whatever makes you be okay with him being on screen because I hate him. <laughs> Just bad. Do you still hate him? I mean, you used to love him, Joe, when you were a kid. How do you feel now? Well, so the thing is, I did love him when I was a kid, and it's not like I really went back to watch those movies afterwards. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, when I was a kid, I watched them again, obviously, but like, you know, it's been 10, 15 years now. I've no clue what they even are. Really, I mean, everyone just says don't watch them, so I'm kind of like, all right, whatever. But he doesn't annoy me. I mean, I just look at him, I go, there's that goofy guy that just got his tongue lasered or whatever oh, it was. Right. Right. Jeez. Yes. And he's no better. He's no better in the Clone Wars animated series because they'll have a couple of episodes where he's in it and he's an ambassador doing ambassador things, and you're like, you're an idiot. I hate you. Like <laughs> you're just you're just incompetent, and somehow you manage you manage to come out okay at the end. But the funny thing is, I've watched the the old ones, the the four, five, and six, mm-hmm. and like C three PO to me is the same way. He like just says stupid stuff all the time, like burp, burp, my name is C three PO. Do you know I speak in a lot of languages? <laughs> and like that's like half his lines. So I, I don't really get the right. hate for Jar Jar. Yeah, I kind of understand that. That makes sense. I'm gonna shift gears a little bit and go from you know movies and shows to books and games. Oh, okay. So this is a, a very popular game. Actually, one of its cards just sold for like three hundred thousand dollars. I know what it is. Oh, yep, I know what it is now. And if I had them all, I'd be rich. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to collect them. Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. So this is actually really, really adorable. I love that nowadays there is a lot more variety when it comes to children's books. Okay. Especially for like toddlers and stuff. Like they had a whole series of like musical ones. So they had like the like country, like the ABCs of rock, ABCs of like country and rap and hip hop, like all this other stuff. That's really awesome. But uh, ones that are getting into the game is Pokemon with this new ABC book and one, two, three book. It is so adorable. <laughs> that was, I remember buying uh, the ABCs of RPGs, which eventually turned into the ABCs of D&D Aww. by Hunter Books uh, for my niece. Um, because it was cool, like D is for dragon, you know, or dice. It was one of those things, but it's super fun, super cute, and it is really nice that children's books uh, kind of uh, go with some of our nerdy stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I love that when I see posts about people saying like, oh, I'm a teacher now. And the kids are like, yeah, you wouldn't understand this. It's Pokemon. I'm like, (laughs) 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 I was there. Yeah. What was it? It's like the whole Bane thing. It was like, you grew up loving it, but I was immersed in all of the Pokemon. I was born in the darkness. (laughs) (laughs) I was an original trainer. I did not see the light until I was already on my Game Boy Color. There you go. Perfect. Uh, But uh, (laughs) apparently they're also going to be releasing. So the first two books, ABC book and Pokemon Primers, one, two, three book. Uh, are available at participating retailers. I'm guessing Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. But for later this year, there's going to be two more books in the series, which is the Shapes book and the Colors book. Aww. So I'm definitely going to get these for... I have a two-year-old brother now, so... Oh, I was going to say you're just going to get them for yourself, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a little brother who I could read these to. Yeah, that is adorable and amazing. So something good for... I mean, I mean, stocking stuffers are, you know... Maybe a little early right now, <laughs> I mean, but maybe like a birthday or like uh, I don't know July Fourth. April or has Arbor a, Day a holiday, doesn't it? Um, Easter. <clears throat> I was just, well, oh. um, Easter was uh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> belated Easter. Where am I? Belated Easter. <laughs> well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy.